Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. The time is 18 minutes after 10. We are on 104 to 107 nationwide and on DSTV channel 814. This is Late Night Conversations on SAFM, leading the conversation. My name is Patricia Anduli. Let me introduce our first guest as we speak climate change and uh, the impact that it has on mining project planning. I'd like to welcome Philippa Burmester, who's a principal scientist at SRK Consulting. Philippa, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. It's lovely to be with you this evening. Philippa, I'd like you to please take us through some of the research that you have done at uh, SRK Consulting when it comes to climate change and how it has impacted on mining project planning. So, so Patricia, it's important to understand that in addressing climate change, there's, there's two components. Um, essentially, there's what's called mitigation, which really talks to reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Um, And there is a lot of work being done in that space. But what um, myself and and my colleague uh, Ashley Moritz have been focusing more on is what's termed adaptation. And really that's about identifying and then reducing risks posed to projects um, and mines specifically by climate change. And so um, SRK has had quite a long history in in the mining industry. And um, we have been looking at how we can adapt the, the skills that we already have in addressing these climate change uh, risks and, and looking at how we can assist our clients in uh, adapting and changing the way they, they work and in how they design to ensure that they are taking climate change risks into account. Very important that uh, climate risk is taken into account, especially um, for a big a big sector like that of mining. Let's talk about things like rainfall. I remember last week we were speaking on uh, the impact of the lower rainfalls that we are experiencing in South Africa due to global warming and climate change. And that impact, we were specifically looking at it on the agricultural sector. But it seems that uh, the rainfall patterns as well could possibly uh, hamper project planning when when it comes to mining. That's absolutely correct. And uh, my colleague, Dr. Simon Lorenz, um, in fact specializes in exactly that, in modeling uh, predicted surface water runoff as a result of uh, future predicted climate change trends. And obviously, depending on where in the country you are, those trends are slightly different. In some provinces, there's a predicted average uh, annual rainfall increase, and in other areas, a decrease, as as you said. Um, and so it's very important to understand because for some mines, for instance, there's a need to, sorry, <clears throat> there, there's a need to pump water out of the mining area. And if you are going to see an increase, then you need to increase your pumping capabilities. However, if there is a decrease and the mine is reliant on water for its operation, then you're starting to see issues like uh, conflict between the community and the mine where there might be competing competition for resources. Um, and that's where 
uh, issues like social license to operate. I'm sorry to use the jargon, but that really just means uh, a relationship and a collaboration between communities and mines in how they best use the resources. And that's something that, that SRK has been doing quite a lot of work in and, and working with mines on to um, build those relationships so that the mine can continue to effectively operate while still com- uh, benefiting the community in which it operates. Take us through some of the regulations around the social license uh, that mines need to have because I am aware that should they be um, perhaps more rainfall and uh, things like stormwater drainages are not able to to capacitate for the particular local municipality, this could cause a competition or even a knock-on effect between the community and the mine. Absolutely. So um, it's not regulated and I mean I think this is a really important point is uh, mines are recognizing that they can't operate within communities without acknowledging the role that the communities play um, they are a source of, of staff um, and and the sustainability of the mine relies on a good relationship with the surrounding communities and so while it's not regulated per se there's not a act or, or, or legislation that requires it, it is an understanding by the mining industry that they can't operate without this uh, relationship with the community. And that is why it's been very important from a risk perspective uh, for SRK to help the mining industry develop these relationships. Um, and, and my colleague Adele Malabalana has been working extensively with mines in developing that what is termed social license to operate. It's also going to be very, very critical um, as we move into a low carbon economy. One expects there to be a reduction in the demand for coal. Um, and that's where we, we talk about just transition, but essentially that, that just means that we ensure that as we move from a very coal-based economy to something more, to use the term, green, that we ensure that we don't displace people or, or negatively impact them economically and that in, as part of this transition, we realize opportunities uh, for people in this new green economy. We are speaking to Philippa Burmester, who's Principal Scientist at SRK Consulting, and we're looking at how climate change is uh, impacting on mining project planning. A-teamers, I'd like to hear from you. Dial in on 011-714-2006, 011-714-4045. You can also WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. What are your thoughts as an A-teamer when it comes to um, the issue of social licenses? Although it's not regular, as Philippa has told us, but it's one of those things that could cause potential uh, unrest in the mining communities. And obviously, with climate change, a lot more could um, emanate from this, even things like uh, communicable diseases spreading much faster if things are not uh, looked at properly. Love to hear from you, A-teamers. The time now is 25 minutes after 10.
Philippa, um, I, I wanted to look at this issue of um, the responsibility, since we are looking at uh, the social licenses, the responsibility of mining companies when they are mining to always rehabilitate uh, the, 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 the areas that they are using for mining and also educate the communities around them so that everyone is playing their role so that uh, climate change is not one that will impact negatively on those communities. What is the responsibility of the mine, mining companies? Certainly, mines have uh, enormous responsibility and closure is is one of the areas in which climate change has the greatest risk because um, the life of a mine is is generally quite short if you consider it in in the scope of a um, of a, of the type of investment. Um, so. But the impact normally sits in closure. And this is where we're going to see climate change impacts uh, really coming forward as they are more long-term. So it is critically important that, that mines undertake their closure planning, taking climate change into account. Uh, in this regard, uh, the Global Industry Standard on Tailings Management has just recently been published. And that really does focus on community and ensuring um, that risks are not uh, handed down onto the community. Um, and while the, the standard doesn't talk specifically to climate change, it does almost every aspect of, of the standard does acknowledge the need to address or identify and then address risks including those those risks posed by climate change. Now, in terms of um, risk and compliance, I'm sure that mining companies um, are aware of uh, the climate change risks, but what sort of compliance do they need to adhere to to ensure that um, you know, they mitigate whatever challenges that climate change may pose? Um, so this is a little bit of an example of... Um, self-regulation running ahead of uh, legislation. So there have been cases where the need for climate change impact assessment has been regulated, uh, most commonly through the environmental impact assessment process. But what we're finding more and more is that the mining industry have placed standards or requirements as part of their project stage gate approval process to ensure that they don't invest in an asset or in a project that has long-term climate change impacts. And certainly that in project planning, they consider that climate change impact when they're planning for a new asset. Similarly, financial institutions um, those that, that fund these types of projects are more and more becoming aware of the need to assess climate change risks and, and take into account what will need to be done to address those risks so that they don't, again, invest in a project or an asset that could later be lost as a result of, for instance, flooding or other climate change-related impacts.
As we're talking about the impact of uh, climate change and possibly loss of uh, investments around the mines, we are aware that in South Africa, uh, Philippa, we have a lot of illegal mining that um, due to the fact that mines have been abandoned or they have been left without rehabilitation and um, we find a lot of illegal mining. Climate change, how could it pose risks to people who are you know, involved in illegal mining? I know some of the term that is used is zamazama. How can it impact them and how can we make sure that they are educated so that we we don't find people um, stuck within these mines because of flooding or landslides? Yes, certainly. So some of the risks that we're identifying is that despite an average increase or decrease in rainfall, what is, is common is that you're seeing more rainfall in a short period of time resulting in flooding. And so obviously um, flooding will pose a risk, particularly to miners that are operating in, let's say, less than formal circumstances where uh, formal mines will have health and safety requirements put in place, um, as well as disaster management uh, infrastructure. These, um, as you term them, illegal miners or informal miners, won't have those same protocols um, and infrastructure in place. Similarly, what what is accepted is that there is likely to be an increase in temperature. And so while a two-degree increase doesn't seem particularly high, um, it will result in more heat waves. Again, those miners working in conditions that are not governed by strong health and safety will have potential issues like heat stroke. Um, In terms of of how we capacitate these individuals, um, this is not an area that I specialize in. Um, So so we do have a disaster management unit within SRK, and I suppose they would look at how how you would um, manage disasters. But I think that there is an element of education, and again, community relationship building, particularly when those legal miners are are possibly working in areas that have were traditionally mined or in areas where a mine has moved on and and these legal miners are currently mining um, tailings or or waste rock rock dumps. Let's uh, go to the lines. Good evening, KGM. How are you doing this evening? Uh, good evening, Pat. I'm well, thanks, and good evening to your guest and to the listeners. Um, Pat, let me let me put the, a spanner to your conversation by saying this. Um, the, the, the so-called regulations, uh, particularly uh, regarding rehabilitation, is a myth in our country. Um, the last time I checked, there is not a single mine in this country that has been rehabilitated. There's, there's payment, uh, there's weird around it, but practically when you go on site, you will find out that there's holes everywhere where mining has happened or where mining takes place. Now, we wouldn't be talking zamazamas or illegal, so-called illegal miners, in my humble view, 
all the miners are actually illegal. If you look at, at the regulations according to as gazetted and according to the Act, you realize what I'm talking about. Now, the, the current miners, it doesn't matter who they are, big, small, it's all the same. They have one thing and one thing only at their best interest, and that is to get the minerals and make huge profits out of them at the expense of the environment and the communities around. I hear your, your guest keeps on referring to benef- the so-called coin term beneficiation. There's no such thing as beneficiation in South Africa. Even where it is said to be happening, it's minimal. I come from a, a manganese, iron ore, diamond, um, and, and quite a few other minerals-rich area in the, in the Kalahari, in the Northern Cape. And I can tell you we've been fighting a battle that got me to study exactly what these requirements are. And I went further to look at, comparatively speaking, areas like the, the, the Rustenbeck area where there's platinum. And even if you go into the new areas in the Limpopo, where there's new mines and so forth. So when, when the so-called experts come on radio or on media and, and they present, and I'm not by any chance really denigrating your, your guest, but I'm just speaking facts as I know them. Even, even our, our courts, they do not have our best interest at heart. Lastly, look at, uh, I know I'm digressing a bit, but look at the infrastructure of m- ensuring that our minerals leave our shores. I mean, uh, you go to Kalahadi, you'll see there's a railway line that goes right up to Saldana. Look at the road that goes to the port. The road, in, I mean, the, the transport infrastructure has been ensured that it will be up to scratch to ensure that minerals go out. And what are we left with as the people? We're left with very risky situations. I mean, recently, an open cast mine uh, sunk. We had minimal uh, 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 reporting on that. You can go to Bubberton where the mine sunk with uh, the, 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 the two, or I can't remember the number of miners that were there. Uh, who cares? Uh, those people don't matter. What matter is what is taken out of there and taken out of our country. So it hurts me when I listen to topics like this, which perpetuate something that sounds like government as well as uh, the 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 miners or big businesses, so-called big businesses, doing anything good for us. We are on our own, Patricia, and we need to have discussions like you are having now, more of them, so that people should know the truth. And we shouldn't shy away of presenting what we know. What I know, the little that I know, is there's no rehabilitation in this country. And, and the so-called climate, that's just my parting shot, Climate change has been happening for ages. This is a newly coined term. Uh, Patricia, if you go to villages, even areas where we grew up, where we come from, there will always be places where our forebears or grandparents will tell us there used to be a river here. That river is normal. That is basically climate change. Climate change makes 
climate and 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 where, um sorry and and vegetation change all the time so we mustn't be threatened by newly coined terminology so that we lose focus on 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 the real issues and we focus on something that is not really as dangerous as it is as, uh, alleged to be um i hope your guest will will have an input on this and Thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much, KGM, uh, for your uh, input there. Philip, uh, perhaps uh, your comments on uh, KGM's observations. Uh, yes, certainly, Patricia. Um, I, I think the mining industry has had some historic challenges in terms of legal compliance. Um, and, and let's face it, um, environmental law is, is quite new. And so there, there have been issues, legacy issues with um, abandoned mines um, and, and issues around the financial provisioning. So mines in South Africa are required to put money up front uh, to ensure that mines are rehabilitated. But even then, there, there remain many challenges in ensuring that abandoned mines are properly rehabilitated. Um, and that's why I think where I'm hopeful, because while I acknowledge that there is some some legacy issues, particularly with specific minds, um, what what makes me hopeful is that there is a new drive towards environmental and social governance and reporting against it. Um, one of uh, my colleagues, Jane Jochen, in the in the Cardiff office, is talking about metals and minerals having a passport going forward. In other words, in order to trade in metals and minerals, you'll have to prove the sustainability uh, standard of those minerals and, and prove that they were sustainably mined. Um, and that's, that's not limited to a particular government or a particular country. That, that's becoming an industry norm. And, and so while I absolutely acknowledge KTM's reservations uh, about um, rehabilitation, uh, I am hopeful that the, the industry is looking forward to a more sustainable future, which includes very uh, definitely um, consideration of climate change risks. Now, the other aspect... Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Carry on. No, go ahead. The, the, the other aspect is that climate change is posing real risks to the mining industry. And so if they don't address it, they will be putting themselves at risk as well as the communities. So I feel... I feel hopeful that this is something that they are starting to uh, look at to identify as a risk as much as financial risk or financial sustainability. As uh, we're about to close off, I've got a message here via WhatsApp from MM who says, Patricia, mining has disposed some local communities of their ancestral land without realistic compensation. The um, Okay, and then he goes on to say the implicability of EIAs is questionable because they are all sponsored by the mining companies, meaning their main interest is to make money and profit, even overlooking the negative impact. With that uh, comment from MM, um, Philippa, as we close off, 
do you feel that it will be imposed on every single mining company worldwide to ensure that they they adhere or get fines if they don't adhere to social licensing and other environmental uh, measures that will be put in place? If I start to look at the regulations that mining are imposing on themselves over and above the legal requirements, um, and, and particularly the requirements that financial institutions are putting on mining before they provide the funding, uh, I, I do believe that mines are going to need to consider and address climate change risks as part of project planning. Because if they don't, that they will compromise their own sustainability. And um, the mining houses are recognizing that that is not something that, that they can't enter into projects without having carefully considered the risks. And similarly, the financial institutions that fund them. Thank you very much for joining us this evening, Philippa. And uh, we really do hope that climate change will cause us to use, um, you know, better methods when it comes to mining and also that the mining industry will be able to plan better with some technology. Have a good evening. Thank you so much.